Top 1660 is back in the Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty announce another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah as we count you down to the start of the college football season. It's the Top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon Health and Fitness right here on the Zone Sports Network. Jacob says... Jacob at the team is the star 09. Just listen to DJ and PK for about three minutes, and it might be the most confusing three minutes of radio I've ever heard. Nine million Mormons? Question mark, question mark. He's probably a little on the younger side. Doesn't remember the quote that helped usher Roger Reed out the door at BYU. Yeah, the Chris Burgess thing when he committed to Duke. Question of the day. Should we take a third start, sh- shot at this one, or do you want to jump to the other one? Which one's going to intrigue you more? Whatever you want, man. <laughs> it's not what I want. You're the leader. What are some suggestions for the state of Utah college athletes to make money off of? Name, image, and likeness. Kicked in July 1. What are the best opportunities? David says they could sell fireworks in a multi-level marketing scheme. Fireworks, very popular in Utah. It's that time of year. And the fireworks, though, I got to have the traditional in the sky. The stuff on the ground on the, you go out that in the, the street. neighbors do, it just doesn't work for it me. It doesn't, because you didn't grow up with it, right? No. I didn't grow up with it either. I'm used to, you're right, you go somewhere, they shoot fireworks off, and they're a quarter of a mile up in the air. Yeah, and you hear and they, boom, and all right. that stuff, and then they And then sparkle. there's the pause before they explode. Yeah. So the, the ones in the street, just... All they do is keep me up. Grant wants athletes endorsing products like a Built Bar and stuff. Built Bar seems like a natural. Something healthy, grab and go, eat on the run. Quick snack for the athlete. Help you rebound from the workout. I prefer a slow snack. Yeah, I, I just wonder how much is going to be advertising, though. It's I just don't know that that's going to be it. Garrett says auto dealers are auto brand endorsements. Back to the advertising. So it's just advertising. That's what, it. What do you want it to be? Or what do you think it will be? I'm not sure. I don't know that I have any specific answers, but... I just don't know that some basketball player at BYU who is just a, another run-of-the-mill guy is, is going to make me want to buy a particular product. You know, everyone goes back to Jimmer. All right. Well, let's see. Jimmer and Ainge. We've just spanned 50 years. Hmm. <laughs> And that's about it. 40 years. And that's about it. So who is compelling enough to get you to do anything? BYU quarterbacks. Potentially, not always. I mean, those guys end up can, can end up being... The most roasted college player we have in any sport. High risk, high reward playing BYU quarterback. We can go through the list of guys who've been roasted. Yeah, it's a very high visibility position. Uh, probably in the colleges in our state, the BYU quarterback's probably the highest visible. 
far more so than Utah is. I, I, I would, I would think even Ute fans would agree with that. I would expect they would. I mean, Lee Gross Cup and Alex Smith. I guess it goes two ways. If you have a product and you need to reach a new segment of the audience, the athlete, especially the athlete with a lot of social media, could introduce your product to a whole new group of yeah, people. Yeah, but those are the people but that how advertisers much this, don't target them. But how much of this is really about the booster who's going to give the money to the kid, not because it's going to help the program. Because he's a jock sniffer? Right. Hey, I want to know this kid. I want to hang out with this kid. Oh, grow up. And I want this team to win, so by making sure players get paid, I'm helping the coach recruit. So it's more like a donation to the program, although it goes into the kid's pocket. I'm not sure I really see that. I can see it on theory, but will it actually be applied and happen to maybe two or three, four, five kids? And if you go football, you got 100 plus. Right. But if you have a decent team, yeah, you're not going to buy a whole team. But if you have a decent team and you had a few difference makers, quarterback, running back, big time pass rusher, if you already have a solid team, can that elevate it? Whether it does or not, if someone thinks it does, then they'll just go do it. And you have seen some jock sniffing around teams in your time, so you can't, even though you can dismiss it, ah, you jock sniffing, it's going to happen. Oh, for sure. Yeah. There was this guy who used to fly with the Utes, because they they don't, and they charge sometimes. Huntsman would lend them their jet from uh, Laramie. But most of the time it would be just regular, and he would always be around. And he'd sit on a plane, and he'd try to talk to them. And even little old UC Santa Barbara had that. Yeah, they had yeah. they had two big boosters, and one of them wanted to hang out with the kids big time and laugh and joke with them. And he was fifty, whatever. And seems so bizarre to me. People were used to having him around, so they were kind of nice to him, but it wasn't like they were tight with him. Yeah, and I'm sure he doesn't see any of them now. But then you know the others. The, the real high roller dudes, they were around when they wanted to be around. Like John Huntsman would be around when he wanted to be around. He had other stuff and, going. And, and his presence was recognized. One time somewhere, I think we are in California, he came up to me. Patrick, John Huntsman. <laughs> I know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm in awe of this man. I know, right? <laughs> who's a phenomenal businessman? Done all this stuff for cancer. A respected uh, church leader in his church community. Like, yeah, yeah. I got it. I'm not going to call you John. First of all, <laughs> <laughs> that's not happening. I may call you Mister Huntsman. J H. What up, dog? But I'm not calling you John. <laughs> That just doesn't seem right. And this was 20 years ago, so I was way younger. And there's just no way. I'm, I said, I think I said, I know who you are, Mr. Huntsman. <laughs> Got an idea who you are. <laughs> yeah. But he, I mean, he, he was around, but not all the time. But when he was around, everybody knew who he was. I mean, he was a distinguished man. It's of, a big game. And then you look down, and there he was in his seats. Yeah, it's not it, a big game. Oh, he's not there. He gave the, the tickets. NCAA tournament. Gave the tickets around. Yeah, 
Uh, yep. So. In Boise, over the head of the media, I'll call you, we'll go to dinner. Talking to Bajeris. All the media's looking like, yeah, we won't be invited to that dinner. But it was sort of unassuming in his own way, I thought anyway. And, and his reputation for me, I hadn't heard of him, but I knew it was the Huntsman Center and that was him. So I put two and two together and knew, okay, he has to be somebody. Uh, but like uh, somebody like that it w- would... So he's got... Well, he's a booster. So will someone like that... For but the he people, doesn't need you to advertise for I him. I agree, that's what but I'm that's saying. where it's more like a donation to the program. Will someone... The people who have their names on stadiums and arenas, that level of booster, will they make sure that money gets funneled to players, not so much because it's going to help their business, but because it's a way to support the program? Yeah, but what, the player, what does the player do in return? There's got to be a sponsorship. Yeah, that personalized appearances. Maybe they do autograph do ads signing. or something. Autograph sign. Yeah, I mean, they, they can come up with something. So you sign autographs and I'm going to give you money? That's yeah. what they're allowing them to do. But what? Come on, come John, on down to the car dealership. Johnny that, that, that's my point. Huntsman doesn't have a car dealership, right? So you don't come down to it. Sure, like Nike doesn't need an Oregon athlete to sell shoes because Nike's going to sell plenty of shoes. But hey, you're a booster and your name's on the arena, and so you tell the right, kid. But you keep come coming on down. down to a, a public appearance. That's that's. It could be a retweet. It could be a retweet of uh It could be anything. They're going to create it because it doesn't really matter. What would somebody like a John Huntsman create to give the player money? That's my point. He doesn't have a business that I need you to right, advertise. I get it. He doesn't. He's not owning a and retail so business. How does he have you come down and Re- sign autographs for? What? There's nothing there. How is that <laughs> the going Huntsman to Cancer work? Center. Well, yeah, come we're down and make a, an, We're having a fundraiser for the Huntsman Cancer Center. Everybody retweet it. No, they have that fundraiser and yeah. have it there and have the players. Yeah, we got a sign. we got a golf tournament to raise money yeah. for that. I mean, they, they got a whole development team up there at Huntsman Cancer that's going out and raising money. So whatever whatever events they're doing, maybe it would be that. I mean, I get your point because he's running, you know, uh, plastics. So, I mean, hey, we got a new uh, petrochemical facility in uh, in Texas. Come on down and sign autographs. It makes no sense. Right. I totally, I totally <laughs> right, get that. Right. I get where you're going. But he would find something. He would create something somehow. Maybe it'd be T-shirts to increase the visibility of the Huntsman Cancer Center. And we know about it in Utah, so maybe for an out-of-state athlete, you know, it'd be doing something out-of-state to increase its visibility. I'm trying to think of a way for more kids to get cash mm-hmm. rather than exclusively just the public appearance and some form of advertising. Ben says garage sale. Thanks, Ben, but that's not what we're going for. What do you mean garage sale? Uh, now they can make money off a garage sale. You really couldn't make money off everything. We had Didn't Steve Alford, when he was a player, not when he was a coach, but when he was a player in Indiana, I think he did a photo shoot for a charity calendar and got suspended for a game. So now you can say, hey, I'm, I'm Joe Blow. We're having a major garage sale and a blowout. Come on down. and Again, that's, and he can that's make money. back to advertising. Yeah. Well, that's where most of our listeners are going. And I get you want to go beyond that. I'm trying to think of ways. I'm not coming up with any successful ways, but I'm trying to think of ways more than because I'm trying to spread it around a little bit to have. Do some of them guys. start their own business and make money off it? Because yeah, I was thinking, like in the Huntsman Institute or the Huntsman example, 
that you come to work for me. That's an interesting thought, that now players could get paid internships in the offseason. Well, BYU, with that Built for Life camp, uh, program they built, they actually have it in the guidelines or whatever. They're going to have paid internships as part of and it. And so you get a lot of these kids, and many of them now, they come in January, and then they stay in the summer. So they put themselves in the position to graduate, if not in four years, in three years. Right, the and, football players. I yeah. think at the U now, and, and I haven't been told this, but just from doing the interviews we've done, it seems like there's a plan from the day they show up to graduate in three and a half years. So they play the four, but they have the degree, the bowl games done, and they can go prepare for the NFL. And they got the degree. Mom and dad are happy. The academic side's fulfilled. So they're on the three and a half year plan. And we heard like Matt Leinard was taking ballroom dancing his senior year, mm-hmm. his senior year of athletic eligibility because he chose to come back. So I'm thinking in that situation, John Beck used to talk about that. His senior year, he said, was so awesome. The team was really good and he had no real academic stress or what have you. And he used to talk about going down to Scipio and hunt. <laughs> and then come back in time for practice, right? So I'm thinking, so you go to work for these guys, yes, and they, make, and they pay you big money, and you're actually I could, you're, you're employed that, by them, not just showing up at the car dealership. I, I, I can totally see Boosters doing that. I, I, could, I mean, he's obviously he's not alive now, but that seems like the thing that would have appealed to John Huntsman. Like, Come up and get started in business. Brian Johnson. You talk about all the athletes, right? Brian Johnson was watching a ton of film his senior year because basically he was done in school and he was taking a class or two because he was done. Right. And so you that be could enrolled. be something they so can dangle. Be, you, yeah. you, you take care of your academics, your fourth year of eligibility, particularly if you've redshirted, which obviously I think Brian, Brian did, right? Did because he hurt his knee. Yeah. yeah. He and was in his fifth year. Right. So that that is the time. So it's not anything that the public is aware about, but you do. No, that's legit you, now. You work right. for me and I pay you 50 grand to whatever it is. Right. What, you know, what, Whatever business that and you have the total uh, flexible schedule. That's kind of yeah. been set up now. The Olympics has done that for athletes. The U.S. Olympic Committee has set stuff up. And so, like, the speed skaters who come and train at the Oval that they built in Kearns for the 2002 games, uh-huh. they work at Home Depot. Home Depot's got a whole program, and it's got super flexible hours because depending on the sport and the season, you know, they have more free time. They have less free time. And what time of day? And they got a whole program to accommodate all of that because you're you've been identified as either an Olympian or a potential Olympian. And that extends; it doesn't necessarily factor into your popularity. It's just did you take care of your coursework that gives you the time, so you're not having to carry 16 hours. Yeah. In addition to being a full time participant in football or volleyball or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. So to me, that is something that I would like to see as a reward for your academics, and then you still have athletic eligibility and you choose to use that and you don't go on to the NFL or to whatever it is that you're, would be your pro uh, sport. So you're there on campus. Take advantage of that. Because I just can't see. I'm trying to figure out how many kids are actually going to benefit from this. Are we just building this up and it really is just a select few, so it doesn't really matter. There's not really any big 
widespread uh, availability. So we discussed this for years and went through the courts and we made but it was really just for the, it. but it's like three or four kids it's really for the reggie bushes of the world yeah and it's for the uh, uh johnny footballs you, you're texas a&m's quarterback and you're exciting so manzel gets paid right and good for but, good for but that how person. About, but that's just how about the other like one in a million yeah basically how about the other 80 uh whatever scholarship players at a&m every year and that's just the one team but the hundreds that are mm-hmm. doing it uh, for you know, well, they got four hundred uh, kids playing sports and, and campus and whatever it might be, depending on how many programs you have uh, going forward there. So I just don't know how many car dealers are going to so, have Joe. So Joe always, kids okay, show so we up always, on a Saturday at noon. We always joke about this, but BYU's launching the Built for Life thing, and we always joke about the ex BYU athlete who settles in Alpine or Highland and is an entrepreneur. So as you raise your kid, in addition to sending them to all the private lessons with other ex-BYU athletes and making money off each other, by the time they're in college, are you working on them and their entrepreneurial abilities in high school and college and letting them make money and get an early start? Yeah, that's what I would like to see. That's what I'm talking about. I can totally see that happening. Obviously, it won't happen for everybody, but clearly it's going to happen for somebody. The right. parent's and, and already it, an entrepreneur, and they're saying, you're a big deal, you're a recruitable athlete, you probably got a famous name because we recognize the parent's name. That story happens over and over again. So you've already got a name to launch on. You build the social media following, and then whatever your thing is, whatever area you want to work on, you work on it and start building your own business and your own brand. And that it's not even somebody hiring you, it's just that now you're free to cash in on your own name and do your own thing. Mm-hmm. Which isn't everybody. But it's somebody, and it won't necessarily be limited to football players. And, and yeah, you're. Right. I mean, you're a golfer. If you're a college golfer, you could be out giving golf lessons right now. Are players going to run camps and do training stuff? Train like a college athlete. Seems like however many ideas you want. Now, maybe you're running a t-shirt company. I don't know what you're doing. Whatever. I mean, it's entrepreneurship. And I, should, I, should I check Twitter and see if people are launching their own MLMs? I'm pretty sure they are. Well, there were Twitter. at least two uh, guys yesterday that are athletes in the college football realm who announced they're launching their own apparel businesses as part yeah. of this. So. That's great. Yeah. So the entrepreneur can start earlier while yeah, they've got a— You're playing football, but you also can— Yeah. I just have my doubts how many are going to be used in advertising. It does seem that like when you got like what such it, what a was the number Tom? level. Yeah, and because Tom threw out the number, was it 631 scholarship athletes? Was that the number is that what they have at I, I don't know what it is. It's oh, in that realm. I don't yes. know. I, yeah. I, 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 I he said, said it. It's in the know. interview. You can go listen to 1280thezone.com. And actually, you ought, if you're a BYU fan, you ought to because he laid out a bunch of stuff we didn't know. Well, you're um, a fan of me, you should, because I'm a great there's interviewer. That, there's that too. Sure, absolutely. Uh, but there's, to your point, the the noise as the 300th or 400th or 500th athlete starts endorsing whatever retail product, it just loses its impact. Right. Nobody right, can right. absorb 631 different messages about 631 different businesses from 631 different scholarship athletes. And that's before you add UVU into the mix or the Utes or anybody else in the state. Yeah. So that doesn't seem like much. And you're only going to do it for maybe a year anyway. Unless you're some uh, unbel- unless you're uh, Ty Jordan and you take the world so, by storm as a freshman, so everything's so every market is different, right? So now name, image, and likeness, and this had only 
probably be for the high end people. But like, are USC football players just going to end up in TV shows and in movies? I mean, USC's cranking out graduates into the entertainment industry. So from casting, Will Ferrell, from <laughs> Will Ferrell, from performers to casting directors to producers and directors, I mean, there's no limit to the links SC has in entertainment. Uh, that's absolutely true. And sure. They're going to be writing scenes. They're going to be writing football scenes into random shows. <laughs> so the quarterback can come throw a pass and get a payday. Good on them. It probably sucks for the rest of us in the conference. But good on them. Yeah. If, if they have that ability and the star power to get that thing done, sure, that'd be great for them. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, an entrepreneur in his own right. We'll run this past him. We'll get to that coming up. And we'll talk to him about jazz in the offseason. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Name, image, and likeness is now a thing in college sports. We've each filled out names of college figures and products to endorse. We mixed them all up, and then we're taking a cold out of a pile. Hi, I'm Lou Holtz, and I'm here to tell you about Lee's Snap-On Nails. Hi, I'm Johnny Manziel, and I'm here to talk to you about Skull Chewing Tobacco. (laughs) Hi, I'm Austin Colley, here for... The tsunami, the world's strongest in-home bidet. <laughs> the tsunami. Magic happens. <laughs> Magic happens. <laughs> we are so juvenile. Catch the big show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O Tires, the team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time now to talk with David David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. He's on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought currently. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. David Locke joins us now. He's here every week. He's brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. David, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Let's talk college sports. This is so fascinating. <laughs> Name, image, and likeness. It's a chance from I love it. Chance for entrepreneurs to go in any direction they want. <laughs> you are an entrepreneur with your podcast network. You set it up. You grew it. You did really well for yourself with it. What would you tell the twenty-year-old athlete? And as the parent of young athletes, what would you tell the fifteen-year-old? It's interesting. I I think telling the fifteen-year-old's the hardest, right? Because here I have. And, you know, I'm parenting a 16-year-old, and a lot of our conversations are all about social networks. And here you have the two Fresno State players that have got their TikTok following that suddenly go and, you know, get themselves a big deal. You've got the Jackson State volleyball player, got the Barstool deal. And unfortunately, none of, neither of these seem to be a great deal about their athletic prowess. It has to do with their being female and being attractive. So you're reconfirming all sorts of bad social image issues that happen to girls because of social networking and making it seem like social networking is more important. I actually, it's interesting you phrase it like that, though. The one downside I see on this is, is really what it does to the younger kids and blows up the importance of your social network following as being really important. We dealt with it with our son a tiny bit that he lost a ski sponsorship or two early on in his career because we didn't let him have social networks and he wasn't involved in them. And so he didn't have enough followers to qualify for various things that you can get in the ski world. 
Um, so I've kind of dealt with it a little bit. And, you know, we just decided that that was the right, you know, parenting long-term is more important than getting cool jackets and cool stuff. Um, but it's hard. I think that's the hard one. Otherwise, I mean, I think the answer as an athlete is you, you, you take in these opportunities. The time consumption on it is, is a real issue. You better be careful about what you're doing. And you better make sure you don't do anything to damage your brand for a long period of time. And I thought some of Don Staley's tweets about, you know, better have accountants and better have also, it's real. You're in business now at a young age. So, um, you know, I think, I think those things from an impact of a large, my question is what I think it does to the larger picture college football. And, and my theory is I think it, it evens out the top 20. I think it'll be really, I actually think it's going to be really good for the competitive balance of the game. Everyone's saying it's going to be bad. I actually go the other way, which is we don't really have competitive balance right now. We've got five or six teams that have a chance to win a national championship every year. I think that number could go to 20. Right now, you know, there's 65-star recruits. 35 of them are going to Alabama and Clemson. You know, when someone offers a better deal now at those other places, I mean, not like they weren't getting paid already, but gets, you know, even more openly better deal. Then I, I'm not sure that 35 of those 65-star recruits are all going to Alabama and Clemson anymore. Okay, but how is that going to happen when you say they're offered a better deal because they haven't been there yet and the school's not supposed to be involved? It's supposed to be something that you do on your own. So it seems like it would lead even to more corruption, and the corruption's already rampant, so I'm not sure how that is actually executed. Well, we can't have more corruption, TK. <laughs> well, we can. We cannot have more corruption. <laughs> so now we can have open capitalism for athletes to be able to sell their name and likeness rather than the school being the only one that profits up. I mean, what's interesting is I heard yesterday, and I'm making a bunch of calls on it because, frankly, from a lockdown standpoint, it's important to us, and we're trying to figure out what we're going to do with it. Like, I made a bunch of calls to people around college sports yesterday. I got a different answer on every single time I called. Like, and what I think is really interesting is while the universities are not supposed to be involved, I have heard that the players have to sign some sort of an agreement with the university that frees the university of any liability to these sponsorships. So, I, you know, the, the answer to your question is, I'm sure in the recruiting process, it'll be mentioned, hey, in our past quarterback had these um, endorsements and our past running back had these endorsements. It's not necessarily saying you're going to get them, but our past one did. Okay. So, I'm sure that that'll be taking place, and I think that'll be – I actually think that'll level the playing field. The other one I think's really cool is Patrick Kinahan, the huge baseball Arizona State baseball fan, hits it big, right? So you now have millions, PK, and you decide, you know what, I want to make sure that Arizona State is in the College World Series every year in a powerhouse. You probably could do that. Maybe baseball's too big, but if you really decide, like BYU women's bat, volleyball's pretty darn good, but let's say you want to make sure it's really good, and that's your passion, is one of these Olympic sports, I think individual boosters and bringing together a collection of businesses that now endorse those athletes suddenly can take an individual program at a school as a passion project and turn it into something great. 
this going to be more a social media play, more a retail advertising play, or more an entrepreneurship play? How's this going to go in the long run? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> I mean, it's just an equation, right? I mean, I'm doing it. We're trying to figure out it locked on. Like, if are we allowed to go suddenly, who's the new BYU quarterback? Who's the new Zach Wilson? I don't know who's starting BYU. Uh, they haven't. They haven't named one yet. It's Jaron Hall, Baylor Romney, or uh, Jacob Conover. They're the three guys right. who are competing. So, like Jay Katz on Locked On Cougars, suddenly creates a deal with Baylor Romney to come on the show for X amount of dollars every week and becomes a regular on Locked On Cougars. To how many listeners does he bring in? What's the value of a listener to us? Is it worth it? Like that's the equation I'm doing every day right now. Right, we discussed that with Tom Homo. That very thing does if Jaron Hall wins the deal, does he have a, a deal with Channel Two to give an exclusive interview after every game? And what did Tom Homo say? He acknowledged that it could happen. It's an interesting concept that the player can now be exclusive, and so the sports information director tells him he's got to do media. He says, "I can't do it. I'm not I'm getting paid by Channel Two." That that's what we were discussing. We're going yeah. to areas and, that and could potentially happen. I've already I've already talked to a current sports information director who said so when you walk in the locker room after a game and you tell the three to five players you're going to the podium, do the sixth and seventh players look at you and say, You're killing me, you're quieting my brand. I need to be out talking to the media. Yeah. And they acknowledged yeah. they acknowledged, yeah, we gotta figure all that stuff out. And maybe they just take everybody to the podium now who's requested so they can tell the players, well, you weren't requested. Well, maybe it's a good day for the media and they'll suddenly realize they can't hide their players because their players want to be out. Possibly. Players are now. Well, why, why, should a play, wait, why should a player go to the podium anymore? Why shouldn't the player sit in, the locker, in his locker room and do an Instagram Live and hold his own press conference after the game? Well, and then get all the followers on his account. If you're if you're trying to get all the followers, you can. You would do both. Right. Hey, I'm doing an hour after every game. I'm doing Instagram Live. Take your questions to fans, the media. Yep. Then you just have the media go to Instagram. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. I mean, we already go to team websites and and to Zoom calls, and and you already see. Uh, if someone tweets out something that's newsworthy, everybody's running with it. It's embedded in stories. Sports Center's got graphics for it. NFL Network's got graphics for it. I mean, everybody's on it. Yep. It's almost like a team should say, you know what? We're just going to let the players do their own stuff. Go. We're no longer involved. Uh, and from that perspective, but then they, what we're seeing now and has been ongoing is schools are producing their own content. Um, you know, the, the interesting one is my understanding is that if you have a brand, if Channel 2 has any relationship with BYU, then you can't do that deal. Which is really wild. So you almost have to not have a deal with the university to be able to do the deal with the players. It's all to be figured out. Where is this kind going? Of, it's kind of great. Not kind of great. It's a hundred percent great. Potentially, I love it. <laughs> Potentially, <laughs> right? You know what? Like PK, the other, like it's the same way I feel about the transfer portal. 
Sure, it's not perfect, but what we had before was obscenely wrong. I agree with that. And I get that, but let's go right back to what you said earlier about the first deals are for female athletes and it's reinforcing body image issues. And that's not only critical for that person, for that, in some cases, kid, right? Because there'll be high school athletes uh, who could be exploited or depending on your point of view, benefiting themselves. But the message that gets spread to other kids, you know, the unintended consequences are huge. I've raised a daughter. You've raised a daughter. PK's raised a daughter. It doesn't impact just the one kid. Right, but that's not, I mean, 100%. I'm with you 100%. 100%. And David Portnoy is like, you know, making hundreds of millions of dollars on exploiting women. Like, that's his deal. But that's been going on in society forever, and until society backs off, it's not the, that's not the fault of name, image, and likeness. That's the problem of the way we've treated women in our society for hundreds of years and continue to do so. And until, you know, someone decides to not support the people that are doing that, that's the issue. It's not name, image, and likeness. It's the unfortunate reality. You know, someone's got to decide they don't want to support Barstool. Because of what bars, if they're raising a daughter and they're supporting Barstool, I ask you to check yourself. All right, how about a little jazz content, David? Mary Connolly said something on Instagram if you want to just go with this whole theory. Like, All right, hey. what do you got? No, I mean, I'm joking, but oh, like okay. Mary Connolly <laughs> tweeted out an Instagram picture of them packing up from Utah. Like, well, of course, because they live in Columbus. But it like created like this firestorm. So I like, I just was laughing more about like you know the media all at Instagram oh, and us reacting. So Mary Conley must be Mike's wife. Yes. Okay. Right. So who's we're going who's down. Who's we're going down the the whole Gordon Hayward right. Celtic jersey uh, whatever. Uh, what holiday right. was that? Was it Halloween or I don't remember. It right. was some oh, holiday. Oh, St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. St. Patrick's right. Day. Yeah. Accidentally yeah, I mean, breaking Clancy, the news. Mary Clancy is an Instagram influencer, so like she has, she's done name, image, and likeness for herself, and very good at it, frankly. I mean, that's actually on the simplest end of this conversation. Like whether an athlete goes in, like the idea that an athlete, the previous idea that an athlete could not be an influencer because they were playing sports, the fact that this guy couldn't do country music concerts because he was an athlete. It's just the most absurd thing in the world. So while this may not be perfect, there's nothing worse than what we have. I agree with that. Yes, absolutely. We're up for it. We're just yeah. acknowledging there's unintended consequences. We right. don't even know what they are. Right, we don't. They are so unintended. We, yeah. we can't even predict right now. We're going to sit here six months or a year from now and go, wow, that turned into a deal. Didn't see that coming. Right. I don't think it's going to be as bad for competitive balance as everyone's making it sound. I, I agree with you on that. If for no other reason, then how much worse is competitive balance going to be? In football. Right. In, in football, right. there's six teams fighting for four playoff berths, and Alabama and Clemson are, even among those six, are cut above the other four. You know, Ohio State and Oklahoma are trying to get there. Notre Dame's trying to get there. But why is a five-star risk, risk not being the guy? Why not go here and be the guy? As right, opposed to being, you know, a backup or the fourth best defensive lineman and getting no run. We'll see. Right. 100%. Right. And, you, and, and, you know, hey, USC and UCLA have already had every advantage they possibly could have had for the last 20 years, and they haven't profited off them, so why believe they're going to now? 
Like if you're if you're a poorly run athletic department, you're a poorly run athletic department. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna suddenly figure out how to do this if you can't figure out how to do everything else. Stanford will have an advantage. They'll, their kids will be getting paid in shares of Google so and Amazon. So they already are. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, let's be honest about it. Stanford's athletes are getting fabulous jobs right out of college. Is that any different than what we're talking about right now? Like, your summer internships are preset when you go to Stanford as an athlete. Uh, the difference being, we live with that and we accept it because they've earned that right. Right. They went the hard way and they got it done. So good for them. Right. All right. We need one jazz nugget for the jazz fan who tuned in for this and got a lot of college sports. Um, With with the change, I'm curious, with the change now at the top of the organization, are we going to see a subtle or maybe not so subtle shift to the five out lineups and having those available for the minutes that Rudy Gobert is off the floor? Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of our focus is on, you know, what happened to us defensively, and it should be, frankly. Uh, But I think the story of the playoffs has been roster versatility. Though, frankly, Phoenix doesn't have a great deal of roster versatility. They have enough, though. They play Dario Sarge as their backup center, and if they had had to play him more than eight minutes a night, if Aiton hadn't been such a force, they could have. Um, Most teams right now have... Atlanta has it, Milwaukee has it, Brooklyn has it, uh, Philadelphia, Joel Embiid's so prominent that they don't really have it, but I, but I think their backup center by, uh, well, their backup center should be Ben Simmons, but that's a different issue. Um, you know, they have roster versatility. You know, Golden State didn't have roster versatility. They couldn't go big. So, you know, in both directions, but I do think that what you'll probably see this year is a, movement toward a little bit more roster versatility by the Jazz if they're able to do it. And so that means personnel change? Yeah, I mean, right now we really can only play one way, um, which is fine. Like, in that, you know, and I think that was Dennis's signature. Was And he even said it. Like, if you go back to – I asked Dennis and Justin in a press conference last year about whether or not – they believe in wanting to play defensively in multiple different facets or if you're better off being able to play 48 minutes the same way. And I thought after drafting Azubuke, I interpreted Dennis's answer as saying that he really believed in playing 48 minutes in a similar style the entire way, which if you look at our centers, they're all three of them are the exact same style of players. And so that led us to playing, you know, drop big, defensively, we didn't have a lot of options to switch one through five. And offensively, you're playing a pick-and-roll rule game, not a pick-and-roll pop game. There wasn't a great deal of roster versatility. And, and my understanding from that question that I asked Dennis at the press conference, and I apologize to him if I'm misinterpreting what he said, was that that was by design. Now, maybe I misunderstood, so i got to be careful, and it was six months ago. Um, but that was my understanding at the time was that that was by design. It made sense to be by design. But as the year has evolved, I think what we're seeing is more roster versatility from teams. And so if the Jazz can do it, I think they'll try to create more roster versatility. And how do you think they go about that then? I don't know. Me either. Veteran exception, draft pick seem to be the two obvious. I mean, we, there aren't a lot, like, 
we, we that's probably the issue that has to be confronted the most by the fan base and ourselves is that there just are not that many levers to pull right now. So even ignoring the luxury tax impact, if you, if you sign someone and Ryan and Ashley Smith have shown the willingness to do that in press, you know, which I find, you know, I guess it's impressive. I, I'm never sure what I think about luxury tax. Like from a financial standpoint, it's so prohibitive. I have a hard time calling it impressive, right? It's a, it's a commitment. Let's just call it that. Like it's a clear commitment. Um, the, but because you're in the luxury tax, you don't have the mid-level exception. So when you go out to the free agent market, you don't actually have full mid-level. You only have taxpayer mid-level, which is a smaller number, which makes it really hard to sign kind of a mid-level free agent because everybody else who's not in the tax can give that mid-level free agent more money. So that kind of takes a playoff. We can't trade a draft pick until after the draft. We could draft the player and then trade the player once we acquire it, but we can't trade a future, any future draft picks until Memphis exercises the pick that we did in the Mike Conley deal. So that lever's off the table. Then, you know, then frankly, because you're in the tax, you have less margin by which you can make trades in what your window is of matching those salaries. So that's off the table. So now the moves that are on the table are a late first-round draft pick, which is pretty unlikely to contribute for a really, really good team, and and then minimum veteran salaries, which have turned out to be very prosperous for teams, but we've got to prove we can go get them. You know, the Reggie Jacksons of the world that were on the scrap heap that they went and got for the minimum. The, you know, some other, Brooke Lopez, frankly, coming out of L.A. was about as low level a contract as you could get. That was a great move by Milwaukee two years ago. They've paid him since. And then the last piece of the puzzle is trading your play, current players. Like, as much as we love Boyan, Joe, Jordan, Mike, all these guys, and it would be negligent not to, you've got to run around the league and find out. And, like, like I'll throw one at you and tell me what you think. Like, at first it sounds terrible. Joe Ingles for Larry Nance Jr. No. <laughs> Jacking up our radio show, show dude. <laughs> Right, but like, so I think Joe was unbelievable this year. I would have voted him for sixth man of the year. I thought he was as important to anything we had. His three-point shooting and what he did was one of the large reasons why we were successful. I think it's the most undervalued thing. I, there's not an ounce of me that has any part of believing that Joe Ingles is fabulous for us last year. Third ball handler in the pick and roll. Best spot-up shooter in the league. Best shooter in the league over the last the first eight seconds of the shot clock over the last four years. Like I'm not lost on Joe Ingles' value. Yeah, but, but he acknowledges he, he acknowledges this, this in an interview about finishing his career. He says you want to, but it's a business and you know how it works. I mean, right. he knows. Nance, he said it. Larry Nance Jr. lets us have roster versatility. I don't know if that's the right answer. I just found a number that a contract that matches. Sure. Right. So Larry Nance Jr. You'd have to find a way to you know do some other things with your roster. But Larry Nance Jr. probably can play the five. He's in a really interesting interview this year. I actually have to be listening to Locked on Cavs. Talking about, I can do it for 12, 14 minutes a night. I can't do it for 30. Well, okay, that's all we need it for. He can shoot the three well enough that he can play the four. He can switch one through five defensively. Like, he gives us a totally different look to who we are as a team. Is that worth it? I, I, I'm not. That's above my pay grade. But that conversation should be taking place inside the Jazz front office, and it certainly is. 
David, we appreciate the time and all the random ideas for name, image, and likeness and a little bit of NBA along the way. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you again next week. You wanted a little nugget. That was a pretty big gold nugget right there. We are like 49ers on the gold trail with that one. That would be a great little conversation for you. And we'll do you that. You wanted a little nugget. And we'll do that next. Stay with us. Thanks, David. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The playoffs may be over for the Utah Jazz. But the season never ends on the Zone Sports Network. From the NBA draft to free agency and on to the summer league, the Zone will be with the Jazz every step of the way as the Jazz front office builds for the future. Your exclusive home of Utah Jazz basketball is right here on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're brought no. to you part by Syringa Networks, working from home or with a hybrid workforce. Get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call them at 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. No, no, no. What? Trade in Joe. I know, I know, right? Don't screw <laughs> up our d- radio show. It doesn't have stuff to do with the radio show. To me... What? Does too. <laughs> I said exclusively. Okay. It's certain, certainly our best interests are to have Joe remain with the club. <laughs> Let's admit our bias here, people. Yeah, there's no question. And I think the fans want it, too. They want to hear him. Yeah. But I would consider starting Joe at point guard. Because his numbers as a starter are just way better. Yeah. So he can come really close, if not matching, what Mike gives you. And he obviously has more durability. And he also would solve your problem of having the smallest backcourt in the NBA. But the bench has been a problem. I know. So I you know. better upgrade the bench. So you're but if Mike, one for if Mike goes somewhere yeah, else and, and, and he says, he hey, I got a chance to win a title here. I don't care about the money. Because the Jazz are going to be able to offer him the most money. Or if Ryan just says, hey, the luxury tax penalties are too much. We're not doing this. Which I don't blame him. Right. Either of those things can happen. But then Joe becomes the answer for Mike. But what becomes the answer for Joe? Right. All right. Exactly. But in any of these acquisitions, the thing that'll happen, and we've done this enough, we know this will happen. People say, well, look at our numbers, look what they did here. But the key part of the equation here is the basketball people who project, trusting them to not look at, as you trade for a guy, what he's been, but what he can be and how quickly he can become. Because the best deals the Jazz have ever made, there's been this huge upside that we haven't been aware of. We don't really have any way of being aware of it. And you got to trust them that they've identified this big upside. And you can go way back to a Brian Russell or a Raja Bell in another decade, uh, Paul Millsap a decade ago. When they identify guys, not just what they've been, but the upside of what they become. Joe Ingles, the upside of what he became. We had no idea, even when we watched him play, even when he evolved into, well, he's okay if he's the fourth guy in the rotation as a wing player. No, 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 no. He's okay if he's the third guy. But now you identify, why not start the guy? If Conley leaves, are they really going to have somebody better than that? Now it's a hit for the bench. Well, they got to upgrade the bench either way. That's a true story. They got work to do, as yeah. most teams do. Right. Well, the team that won the championship last year went to work on their roster. I mean, the Lakers didn't stand pat, no. not, not by any stretch. Everybody has work to do, yeah. yeah. I, I just think Joe is more of a glue guy than Conley is. I would consider keeping him above Mike. Because I don't think Joe is nearly as effective coming off the bench as he is as a starter. 
DJ and PK, when we come back, college football recruiting with Greg Biggins, national recruiting analyst for 24-7 sports. He's at the Elite 11 Finals. The Utes line in a couple of California quarterbacks. Are they getting to a new tier of player? We will get to that next. Stay with us.